Hello and welcome to the High View Podcast, a gospel-centered conversation exploring theology, culture, and life in the local church. I'm your host, Tyler Sweat, the pastor of Connection and Community at High View Church. And today I am joined via technology, yeah, the one, the only, Chad Williams. How's it going, man? Hey, Tyler. How you doing, man? I'm, I'm really doing well. It's been, uh, been a great week. Uh, not stressful at all with social media and watching too much news. Yeah, I'm very, very close to launching a social media fast for the holidays. Okay, very close. That's probably a, a good choice, to be honest. Um, yeah, other than other than all the the craziness in the world, uh, too much distraction. Yeah. There's just too much. I mean, just too much. Go, go read a book or something. Go read a book. You got it. Yeah. I'll do that. I will do that. Sit outside. Look at nature. I mean, you don't need, you don't need social media. If you're, if you're addicted to distraction right now, this is like, this is, this is, this is crack. This is, this (laughs) is like, this, this season, if you are like, can't be alone in a room, that's quiet without a screen yeah you're 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 on the struggle bus right now there's so much going on but uh yeah it's always good to take a break from the craziness and uh hop here on the hive podcast want to thank you so much for listening uh everyone out there all of our many manifold listeners who've been hanging in there with us and uh glad to be faithful absolutely glad to be back on this week and um uh, today i think we have a pretty interesting conversation that we're going to have uh, just as as pastors, as local church leaders, and honestly as church members, um, navigating this year has been kind of insane. Would you say? Uh, to put it mildly, yeah, yeah. Like I remember back insane is, a, is a good. I think that's a fair. That's a fair word. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I remember back at the beginning of this year, um, the excitement. Stuff three <laughs> felt feels like a decade ago. Um, <laughs> You know, we were we were planning all kinds of cool stuff, and then all of a sudden, everything just shut down. And I remember a particular conversation at Starbucks. We were all sitting around a table, and we had just started hearing about uh, coronavirus, and we we started uh, kind of listening to what other churches were were doing, and and we were talking in that first conversation, like, are we gonna are we gonna cancel this one week? I don't think I don't know if we're going to. I don't think we're gonna cancel. Um, and then we ended up canceling that service which led to being online only for a couple of months. Like things changed really quickly. Like almost got whiplash. 2020 has been a wild decade. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, It's a lot's happened. Yeah. I remember that specifically. I remember how quickly this thing went from like being this like news item to the whole world changing right now. Yeah. Yeah. It went from being this kind of thing that you were hearing about happening other places right. to welcome to COVID-19. It is, it is upon us. And yeah, I remember that conversation. I remember another conversation I had. Um, this was like two days before um, it was, it was March 12th. Mm. So this was like either the Thursday or Friday. I can't remember. Uh, I think it was Thursday before uh, all this went down that weekend of uh March 15th, that Sunday. I remember because that's my birthday. 
And I just remember that was the weirdest, craziest birthday just I've ever had in my life. Yeah. But I remember, I remember meeting with a couple of guys that are um, uh, leaders in a, a, a missions organization, international missions organization, and a local business leader and a local pastor. And we were having lunch at a local Chick-fil-A because, of course. Absolutely. Where else would you meet? And I remember during that lunch, people like we were getting emails and um, like everyone, I mean, everyone, whether it was corporate home office or, uh, you know, leaders, uh, it was, it was crazy. Everybody started getting these notifications like this is happening. We're not going to yeah. have, like, there's not going to be a church service this Sunday. There's not going to be uh, life as we know it starting now. And I just remember it just, it was crazy. It's crazy how it all unfolded. Yeah. yeah, it really, it really was. And obviously as a church, we had to change a lot. I've already mentioned for uh, a significant little uh, part of this year, we had to go to solely online services. We were pre-recording sermons. Like uh, I never thought that would be a part of a, of a strategic, <laughs> you know, uh, ministry activity would be like pre-recording sermons and uploading them online because yeah. nobody would be able to gather um, so yeah, we've made a lot of shifts this year and, uh, you know, we we're thankful to, to the Lord that we've been able to move steadily and slowly back toward a more normal gathering. We, we still right now have, uh, you know, with, with a registration process, a limited gathering, but, you know, having that back has been really quite, uh, quite refreshing to me, just being honest. Like I, I really was glad we were able to make that shift. Um, but now, you know, I feel like among us, among our staff, and I'm sure among other churches and businesses, like we're all kind of asking the question, like what, what's next? What's, yep. what's after this? Um, you know, what's the next best move? Um, and of course, you know, uh, no one knows. No one knows what's, what's going to happen next. Uh, I think if 2020 has taught us anything, nobody knows what's going to happen next week or next month or next year even. Um, so as we are seeking to navigate well, and we're asking the question, what's next? Uh, the conversation I want us to have today is uh, primarily about re-engaging as a church in the post-COVID era. So, uh, and I want to just throw this question at you, uh, Pastor Chad, like as a lead pastor, um, what are, and we've talked about this before, but what are some of the, like, the negative effects you've seen in Christians throughout this year thus far? Like what negative effects has being separated, being apart, not having regular gatherings, what, what kind of effects has that had on God's people? Well, I think overall, spiritually, um, overall, when you look at the totality of Christians worldwide, um, there's always going to be some outliers. There's people who are in a better, there's people who came to know Jesus during all this. There's people who um, heard the gospel in online service and believed it and are, are yeah. now Christians. So uh, I'm not making a blanket statement. Like it's not necessarily that everyone is worse off than they were like at the beginning of the year, spiritually who, yeah. who's following Jesus. But I will say overall, and just what in my observations uh, in my own local church, here at Highview, pastorally, in my observations and my conversations with other pastors and church leaders, uh, this has been the biggest spiritual earthquake um, in our lifetimes. Yeah. There's no question about it. It has been cataclysmic in its negative effects on people spiritually. Um, 
you know, I had a pastor friend of mine who told me recently that he sees this as, as a great culling of, and a great separating of kind of, you know, wheat from shaft kind of thing like this, like, this is a year where a lot of people who kind of hung around cultural Christianity just aren't there anymore. They're not going no. to be there when all this is over. So this isn't a matter of, we're not talking about just people who are high risk and can't come to church right now. That's not what we're yeah, talking about. We're sure. talking about people who were committed, were, were, were hanging around uh, local churches and were, were kind of dipping their toe in the water or have been just kind of playing the cultural Christian game for a long time. And they've been kind of, you know, they're, 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 they're kind of committed to the church, but kind of not, and they don't really serve, or maybe they serve a little bit, you know, whatever it might be, but just marginal Christianity. This has been devastating towards. Um, if you're just kind of like halfway in, halfway out, you're probably out now. Uh, and yeah. I think that the reason why is COVID was such a massive, massive, and is, it continues to be a massive disruptor yeah, of our spiritual sure. lives massively. Uh, it's still doing that um, because it's, it's hindering gatherings. Um, you know, how the, the frequency, the, the, the amount of gatherings, the amount of people you can have in a gathering um, it is still limiting community that way. Um, and whether or not, you know, the, whether or not this is your personal conviction or not, or your personal experience or not, biblically speaking, gathering is an essential element, a, a fundamental element of the Christian life gathering with the local church yep. uh, for, you know, for the, the weekly gathering itself is a central tenet of the Christian faith and, and always has been for 2000 years. That's what's defined us. And so that's been altered, hindered in a lot of different ways. Uh, and it continues to be as we kind of weather these next, you know, several months, um, this kind of bridge, hopefully to, to a vaccine and kind of the future uh, and, and post COVID, whatever that's going to look like for the church. So it's just been a massive disruptor and with that disruption now people um people's lives have just been massively changed in terms of the rhythms of their lives and so things like bible reading things like discipleship one-on-one things like prayer those type of things it's not just the corporate rhythms that are that are affected by this the personal spiritual rhythms have been devastated by this as well and so you have a lot of people and this is this is the, the the end result you have a lot of people who are spiritually malnourished, who are in a spiritually malnourished state, in this state of like spiritual exile, they are enduring a massively challenging year like 2020, yeah, where yeah. there's been civil unrest and there's been obviously a pandemic, a global pandemic. There's been economic turmoil. There's been um, political division and divisiveness continuing and, and all these, you know, hot takes everyone has and, and so on and so forth. And so when you combine that, when you combine the effects spiritually of COVID with the context of 2020, that's the recipe for spiritual disaster in, in so many cases. And um, obviously Jesus is faithful and we're going to come out the other side of this. And and yeah. those who belong to him are going to belong to him still. Um, COVID is not going to um, wrench anyone out of the hand of Jesus who's in the hand of Jesus. So we can Absolutely. just like get past that immediately. Um, yeah. However, um, it is a, a time I think where a lot of spiritual reflection needs to be done um, for those who, you know, are, are following Jesus. Um, and also those who are like, they're, they're kind of halfway in halfway out. I think this is a, a real turning point. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's all really, really insightful and really, um, 
really good to hear because I, I think you're right. There's there's a lot of good that we have from being a part of a local body of believers that's intended to help us navigate rough waters like this. Like we, the church was built to help one another engage and grow and uh, have, have a system of support in a world that's against us or in a world that's troubling (laughs) that we have much to fear. But the problem is you're exactly right. We've had an increasing amount of things that we're having to navigate and deal with while the opportunity to truly gather and have those relationships is physically being diminished. So uh, one of the verses I, I think about, and I'm sure has been thrown out a lot during this season is, is a passage like uh, Hebrews 10, um, 24 and 25, when he says, let us consider how to stir one, uh, stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Um, and, and, you know, that verse is thrown out a lot to uh, sometimes condemn people that aren't coming to church. You need to get in church. But the reason that that, I believe that scripture is in there is because we have a lot that we need from each other as a church. Like he says in there, first of all, that we need one another to help stir us up to love and good works. And we also acknowledge that we desperately need encouragement from one another. So it's not just about whether or not you're in a church that you you know, enjoy going to, you like the preaching, you like the music, but these relationships that we have, these, these families that we're a part of are an integral part of the Christian life that help us navigate life in a broken world. Uh, and I think, yeah, we've, we've missed out on um, a lot of that this year uh, just because of the, the nature of the situation where we had to go away from each other. We had to seclude, we had to, you know, stop gathering. Right. Um, but now, um, now I think we're, we're, again, we're trying to move back toward being able to gather and being able to, um, to re-engage with one another. And, uh, you know, I just, I used this illustration the other day. I feel like it personally feel like, but I think a lot of people, um, almost feel like a, a dog that's been laying around all winter that, uh, you know, I need, I need somebody to grab the leash and remind me, Hey, it's time to go for a walk. <laughs> we, we have to, to re-engage in relationships and that takes intentionality. It takes, um, you know, using the gifts that God's given us, like we, to, to be the church, we have to be active and we have to be present with each other. Um, we have to have proximity to one another. And so uh, as we are re-engaging in church life, in Christian life together, um, what, what are the things we're looking for? How would we encourage our church members of Hybe Church to re-engage in the days to come? Um, and I know just in the context of that, we're um, we're looking at what's next for Highview. We're looking at uh, relaunching a lot of our ministries, student ministry, kids ministry, uh, small group opportunities, uh, discipleship opportunities. So how, how would you encourage uh, church members to, to think about re-engaging in the days to come? Yeah, I think we have to start with the the fundamental aspects of the church itself and that of course that starts with the worship gatherings and here's how i would here's how i would address this because i also understand it's it's extremely 
um, challenging and I don't, I don't take it lightly. I, I, I never want to, in wanting to, to spiritually help someone, put them in a spot where they are um, physically unsafe. Yeah. You know, from a health perspective. So, so I, 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 I'm adding caveats to what I'm saying here because I think it's really important. I'm not talking about the high risk um, or right. people who have um, medical concerns that, that make them to where they have basically had to live in a, in a very, very, very uh, secluded quarantined way. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about them. I, I think that um, it's incumbent on the church to, to try to, to engage with them as best they can and, and to provide resources for them through technology. So I'm all for that. And I'm, I'm with that. Uh, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about people who are, are not consistent with how they've, they're currently addressing um, the COVID concern. So for example, uh, man, if, if the only place in your life you've made changes to not gather is the church, that's a problem. Like that's a spiritual problem. Like I tell anyone that. Um, and one way I, I, I shared it with a, with a congregant recently, as I said, listen, if you're staying away from the gathering because of health concerns, well, that's a physical health issue. And mm-hmm. so I'm, 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 I'm with you on that. If you're staying away from the gathering because of convenience, that's a spiritual health issue. Yeah. And so it's a matter of what is the motivating force in your being removed from or separated from or, or keeping yourself from the gathering. Um, is it a physical health concern or is it a matter of convenience? You just like getting up and staying in your, your, your cozy slippers and having your coffee and getting a little Jesus on with your TV or your internet. And, and that's kind of it. That's not what church is. Um, church is not a product to consume. It is a people to covenant with. Right. That, that's what a local church is. And so there's some really dangerous views of church that are being kind of drilled down into our psyches right now and into our hearts. Some, some yep. really errant doctrines of the church, that the church is just basically where you get your Jesus content from. That's not what the church is. Uh, and so, um, you know, that, that, that's some of the concern there. So I think, again, if you are um, not staying away from the gathering because of physical health concerns, and it's a matter of convenience, like only ultimately, I think in a lot of cases, only you and the Lord and your physician <laughs> know, <laughs> yeah. know uh, whether or not that's true. And I, I, I don't make that judgment you know, as best I can, I, I don't make that judgment um, because everyone has to make those decisions. However, you know, basically if, if you feel like it's because of convenience issues, then that's, that's something to repent of and that's something to, to turn away from. So I think that um, until cr- professing Christians are being fed the, the, the gospel uh, each week in rhythm in the context of gathered community where they can see flesh and blood brothers and sisters, they can hear the gospel sung. They can sing the gospel to one another. They can see and hold the bread and the cup and so on and so forth. Um, They can see the person going down to the water and like until um, that returns, there's going to be a lot uh, of, of spiritual collateral damage in, in the lives of Christians. I'm afraid. 
Right. Yeah. I think that's a, a really good reminder uh, because I, I see the same uh, trend for churches and, and for Christians in general. I think we often do see the church uh, as simply the place where we, you mentioned, get our Jesus content. And, and the problem is with, you know, our access to YouTube and uh, Instagram, I mean, there's all kinds of content out there. So you can, you can find teaching to watch just about anywhere online. And I think everybody has, or, or everyone's experiencing somewhat of that from their local church, the churches that have been able to make that shift like we did uh, because it was necessary. And I think in some ways it was great because there were, we've seen a lot of growth from people seeing our yeah, online content, yeah. which is fantastic. But I think we need to, to remind ourselves that church and personal walk with Jesus is more than just, you know, hearing and, and receiving and the intake of biblical content because that biblical preaching and, and God-centered, hopefully gospel-centered content is meant to transform our hearts from sinful hearts to godly hearts, but then also to drive us toward the the calling of, of God's people, which is to live life together, to encourage one another, to stir one another up as a Ephesians four tells us that we, uh, you know, that Jesus gave all these gifts of, of leaders and pastors and teachers to the church to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And I think the more we see church as just the place that we go to get good preaching, and I can now get that all online. Um, we're going to forget the calling that's on us as as believers to serve one another, to bear one another's burdens, to, to be that covenantal community that we talked about. Um, as, as long as we can get that good preaching kind of just in our homes, as we, you know, can wake up and sleep in and enjoy that time together as families and all that, like that's not a, a bad thing. I'm sure families have enjoyed that, but yeah, we miss out on a lot more of what God's called us into and called us to be uh, with and for one another. Um, no I question about it. Right. Yeah, I, I, I would just, uh, I would just add. I, mean, I remember not long after we started gathering again, uh, in our limited capacity, like we are. Uh, I remember, I remember thinking, um, what a wonderful matter to see flesh and blood people. Yeah. Um, and how it reminded me that Jesus didn't die for an avatar or a profile pic. He died for flesh and blood pe- people. Like he died for physical beings that are, that are complex, that have, um, you know, hands and feet and eyes. Um, and, and, and he didn't ultimately like even not only did he save, uh, flesh and blood people. And that's what I'm reminded of when I see the saints gather on Sunday mornings in the, in the flesh, not only that he didn't, you know, God didn't send an email. He sent his son. So, so the, the work of redemption itself was an act of, the, uh, you know, ultimately condescension and then the incarnation. Jesus leaves physically, leaves heaven, comes and dwells among us. Uh, and so this detached kind of content-based, uh, digital-based, uh, uh, digitally-oriented type of church, uh, while it has its advantages in terms of reach, it also is teaching us some anti-gospel realities without us knowing it. And that's why we have to, to really critically evaluate using our Bibles, what 
ultimately COVID-19 is kind of created in the church right now. Yeah. That's good. And I think, um, you know, like we've said, we, we still want to be gracious and wise, even as we are navigating what it looks like to, to re, uh, to reassemble, to gather together again. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Extending grace to those who, who physically shouldn't (laughs) gather because of the, absolutely the risk. Um, but yeah, I, I think to, to take this a step further, not only do we want to see people re-engaging in, in the physical gathering by just being present, by being uh, available to attend and, and to participate in worship gatherings, but also we, we want to see people uh, to a greater degree serve in the ministries of the local church. And one of the things that we're excited about over the coming weeks and months is that we are uh, re, you know, relaunching a lot of those ministries. And I think one of the best ways that we uh, can engage in the church is to use the gifts that God's given us to serve others. Um, so how, how crucial to you do you think it is for us as we are engaging as a church and as we're re-engaging as a church for uh, members to step into opportunities to serve? Yeah, I think it's it's more important for the individual spiritually to serve than it is to the people they're going to serve. Yeah. Why? why? I think, because I, I think that it reawakens purpose and what God has called and equipped you to do and what passions he's given you and, and the experiences that you have to pour into others. It reminds you serving reminds you that ultimately um, the Christian life can't be lived per, in perpetuity in quarantine Mm. that you have been bought with a price and that what God is doing in you is not just for you. It's for other people. And when you embrace that, when you embrace that God's doing something bigger uh, in your service than merely um, giving you something to do, he's actually blessing other people. You actually get more spiritual um, growth from that. So I think it's key. I think it's reminding people that there's a a bigger purpose for their life. I think it reminds people that, that God is using them in a host of ways and that they have a specific calling and that they have a specific mandate by God to, to be the priests and to be uh, that priesthood uh, that first Peter talks about. Like that's not just for pastors. That is for all of us. And the priesthood of the saints is a very real thing in the new Testament. And so it reminds us of that. And it, and it, and hopefully it reawakens our desire to embrace that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. I think that's that's so good. And, and I, I know for myself, I struggled a lot as, as a young Christian, um, to really make that connection between I believe in Jesus, I, I go to church, but there's actually a place for me to participate in this thing. Like this is not just something that I go to because I'm supposed to. It's actually like I'm a, I'm a cog in the wheel, like in the, in the machine. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a part of what God is doing. Um, and, and, you know, those parts differ. I mean, I love that the, the imagery of scripture, which is the, the imagery of a body that has you know, greater parts and lesser parts and, uh, you know, hidden parts and things that, that we don't even think about working. Like, um, you know, something that always blows my mind is like, I don't have to think about breathing for my lungs to breathe all day. Like, you know, it's, it just happens. Like the body works because God's constructed it to work and all the parts help each other perform their function. And so it, so it is with the church. Like if, if just a handful of the parts show up, 
it, it'd be like a botched autopsy. Like the, the body's going to be there, but it's not going to function as it should. Um, it's going to have, have certain parts there, but things will be missing. And we're like, where's the, where's the kidney? You know, where's the, where's the big toe? Where, where those things don't go unnoticed when, when the body is missing all of its members. Um, so one of the things that I want to consistently remind people of is that, uh, you know, you have a part in this, uh, whether you realize your influence or not, you have it simply because you are a blood bought child of God who's been placed into this, this body and particularly a local manifestation of that body. Um, you have a role to play. Um, and that, like you said, gives us really the, the significant God given purpose that we often miss out on. No doubt. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. And so the last piece of this, um, as far as how we re-engage, we've talked about just being present, attending worship gatherings, fundamental, uh, opportunities to, to participate, also opportunities to serve, uh, identifying those gifts and those places that we can, can step in and, and serve others to see actually growth in ourselves. Um, the last thing I just want to remind you know people is that, again, we need these, the depth of relationship that's provided in the church. So connecting in, in opportunities for community. And I know we've struggle with talking about what those need to look like as, you know, again, how, how close do people need to be? You know, what kind of gatherings do we need to have? Um, but again, what, what are the, the significant um, things that we find as we have deeper relationships in the church, like connecting in that deeper community? Yeah, I think we, we find we have a support system that's far stronger than we ever imagined. Yeah. And we have people who are going through similar experiences and are processing the same types of things. And that most importantly, that we're not alone. Yeah. And one of the, the true, um, the true like sad moments of COVID-19 for me as a pastor was, was just talking to one particular uh, member about, the loneliness they felt during all this. And I just, that really, really affected me deeply. Um, and, it, and it got me thinking about the true nature of the church and what, what we're there for. We're, we're strangers, we're sojourners, but we're not by ourselves. We're, we're not solo in any of that. Yeah. And the only way to make it through um, is together. And it sounds really hokey, but it's really, really oh. true. And uh, that's, that's what the New Testament affirms. So I think it just reminds us we're not alone. Yeah. Um, and the deeper you go into community, the more you realize that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's one of the, the interesting things to me about uh, Scripture, specifically at the very beginning when God's creating everything and he makes uh, the first human. And out of all the things he makes, he, he starts, you know, creating the the earth and the sky and the, the birds that are going to fly and the, and all the creeping things on the earth. And he's like, that's good. That's that good. Rhyme, that's by good. The way. I think it, you know, I'm a, a poet. Didn't know it. Uh, <laughs> so he makes everything and he declares it good. He makes the first man, Adam. And then the first thing God said is not good is that that man is alone. Um, and of course, in that context, we see him create the perfect helper, which is a, a wife. Um, but I think in the broader context, that's just true of us, that it's not good for us to be alone. Uh, because in in relationships, we actually get to see a piece of our identity in in God and in, in the image we've been made into. Because God Himself is is a relational being; He is a Trinity; He's three in one. Um, so He He creates us for 
a similar type of, of relational connection to him, but also to one another. And, and one, of, one of my favorite books of all time, particularly, particularly around this subject of community, is uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Life Together. And in the first couple chapters, he talks about this idea of community. And one of the most beautiful things that I think we need to remind ourselves of is that ultimately the, the visible face-to-face uh, life together that we've been called into as Christians is, a, is actually a gift of grace, uh, of God's grace, because he says this, the companionship of a fellow Christian is a physical sign of the gracious presence of Christ among us. So being able to be in these physical, person-to-person, de- uh, deepening relationships is not just good to have the other person to support us, but it's actually a visible symbol of God's presence among us as we dwell together as his people. Um, I think we forget that a lot, that as we see God working in others and through others and receiving their you know, service as, as a fellow believer, we're actually uh, experiencing the work of God and the very presence of God among us. Yeah. Amen. So these are things we're still trying to navigate through as, you know, as again, we said, we want to be wise. We want to be safe. We want to be patient with one another and we want to be gracious. Uh, but we do want to see uh, people re-engaging together, uh, even in the midst of, of this confusion and, and difficulty. Um, so we're looking forward to that at Highview Church. And hopefully if you're in another church, you're experiencing a uh, uh, depth of relationship with fellow believers as well. Um, and we just want to thank you again for listening uh, to us here on the Hive podcast. If this has been something you enjoy, we want to ask you to, to leave a nice rating and review, share this with your circle of influence. We would love to help uh, other people find us and join in this conversation. So thanks again for listening to us and we will see you next time.